BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Welcome. To Never Never we're going to bring ghosts from all over the world. Join us. Be sure to bring your death certificate. Well, take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlander. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. Get a little bit of that happy stuff on you. Throw out that happy thought. Let's fly away to Neverland. And we're not flying alone because, uh-oh, where's Lost Boy Eric? Hello, Eric. All right, so he's not with us again. So we brought some other people with us from Saturday Morning Rewind. We have brought Tim Nidell and Gary Lane. Hello. Well, hello, everybody. Hey, how's it going? It is going awesome. We're feeling very Halloween-y. Are you all digging the, the musical vibes we got going on here? I, I must say that intro is remarkable. I love it. Oh, yes, that took some doing to put that together. I almost used the one from last year, but the last year, you know, had that uh, that ghost host guy that kidnapped me and locked me upside down for a month. And, you know, I, I didn't want to relive it. But, yeah, his voice is still on there. So. Sweet. <laughs> so we needed a new intro because we've been having fun this month. For those of you that missed last week, and if you missed last week, where were you? We had, of course, from Disney Indiana, Scott and the Mortis come on, and we talked about some of our favorite Halloween songs. Well, we got their lists, at least, of some top fives. And so we're going to do that again this week. In fact, we're doing it all month. So this week, it's Saturday Morning Rewind. And, of course, make sure you tune in next week to find out who it is next week, which I've already mentioned before, so you probably know. But, of course, before we get into that awesome list to see what Tim and Gary have brought to DJ the Halloween party here in Neverland. Uh, there was a trailer released this week, and I don't know, maybe you've heard of this movie before, but it was called Star Wars The Last Jedi. I, I've heard of it, but I didn't get a chance to watch the trailer when it hit yesterday. Well, you're about to see it now. It's time to take a trip to the trailer park. Mama, now the gator got in the house. Now the gator? Give me that sugar. Come here. Get him, Mama. Get that gator. Get him. The Neverland Trailer Park. When I found you, I saw raw, untamed power. And beyond that, something truly special. Something inside 
me has always been there. But now it's awake. And I need help. I've seen this raw strength only once before. It didn't scare me enough then. It does now. The Last Jedi. They premiered this during Monday Night Football, and it put me immediately to work. And I've posted this up, of course, on our YouTube channel if you haven't seen this before. Also, I have a reaction video with Lost Boy Eric and his kids, which has been a lot of fun. But this, Tim, was your first time getting to see the trailer. It sure so, was, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. I love the visual use of the uh, grays, blacks, and red. That's the first yeah, thing that kind of struck me was. The, primary yeah. colors yeah exactly my favorite colors so first of all I, i'm in but <laughs> yeah it's 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 interesting they don't of course show much because it's the first trailer and uh yeah i don't know what's that little creature that's with chewbacca that's called a porg how do you know that because i pay attention <laughs> <laughs> This is this is for those of us that are complete Disney podcasters. We have to stay up on our Star Wars stuff too. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, I you love. Need, you need to come more to the Disney side. We know you I, love it, Tim. Come I love, closer. I love come Star Wars. I love Star Wars, but I'm not hugely in love with it. You know what I mean? I really enjoy them, but they're still not in my top thirty favorite movies. You know what I mean? But I still wow. love them. I, I love movies in general, so I still love it. But it's not in my radar as my top favorite. So I don't know everything about it. Well, we'll forgive you for that. How about you, Gary? <laughs> um, I'm pretty excited for the movie based on this trailer. Um, I, I wasn't really sure what direction they'd go, and people were saying that there's a pretty big spoiler in the trailer, although I'm not convinced it's actually a spoiler. Um, it's It looks good, though. The Porgs, this is our first time actually getting to see one in action. See, um, how do you know what it is? Uh, they're kind of like a, a weird furry penguin type of creature. Where do they explain yeah. it? Are they in the books or something? Uh, they're they're actually uh, going to be on the planet there that Luke is on. No, I mean, how uh, the did, toys how have does... already been out. They have like a, for twenty dollars, okay. you can get a big plush. So they that's... have an animatronic little toy you can get. There's also bobbleheads. Uh, so I've got a bobblehead why. of Chewbacca holding a porg. Huh. They're great. It's they're new cute, to me. But... Yeah, it's it's a new creature. 
uh, that we haven't seen before. Some people have been kind of already tired of them because they've been popping up everywhere from Entertainment Weekly and everything. Well, but those are probably the same people who hate Ewoks. So let me, I don't care let me say, say, let me say that. Remember, they made a new creature named Jar Jar Binks. So I'm just saying that right now. <laughs> yeah, but the Porg apparently doesn't talk. He's just going to react. I love that in this we see Chewbacca give a triumphant roar, and the Porg follows and tries to copy the roar. And, meow, meow. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, let's face it. It's the cutest creature in the galaxy, and Jar Jar wasn't cute. <laughs> no, he was not cute. <laughs> I, I remember watching that that movie in, in 99, and most of my friends, I say 99% of them loved Jar Jar when it first came out. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's the worst thing in Star Wars history. And if you talk to them now, they'll say they'll agree with me. It's the worst thing ever. But talk to them, you know, when it first came out in 99, they loved Jar Jar. And I think it was kind of this, that way across the board. I think people really did like Jar Jar at first until they realized how stupid he is. Yeah, after a couple of viewings, he starts to get a bit annoying. Yeah. Uh, but the first time, he's funny, and you're really just caught no. up in the excitement of, oh my no. gosh, a new Star Wars movie. The first time he so was you're annoying. very forgiving. No, no, no. He was still annoying the first time. Well, that's because Star Wars are not in your top 30 there movies. You go. So you're, <laughs> I, I, you're no. probably one of them Star Trek-only people or something. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I like Star Wars better than Star Trek. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I, I love movies in general, and there's so many other movies I would rather watch than Star Wars, but I do love Star Wars. Don't get me wrong. Okay. <laughs> but uh, this did bring in some questions, and as Gary said, you know, people worry there might have been a spoiler, because they the way they cut this together, it almost looks like Kylo Ren is going to kill his mother. Ah. Yeah. And you, and you would almost think, because Carrie Fisher has passed away, yeah. you know, that maybe this would be an easy way to just, you know, get her out of there so you don't have to worry about filming because you can't film anything new with her. No. But there was also a lot of talk that they had enough footage of her and they had permission from her family that they could still have her in the third film. Yeah. And yeah, as I, long as write properly, then you can do it. I had heard at one point that they were not going to uh, kill her character. Like, that was stated. But, you know, there's been... There's been true information and there's been false information trickling all over the place with this movie. So oh, who yeah. knows? Yeah. And that's part of the fun is we really don't know, but we can certainly take guesses. And yeah. one one thing that really caught my attention in this is, you know, a lot of the first film felt like we were getting uh, Ben Solo, Kylo Ren, his story, as well as Ray's story. Mm-hmm. And it seems we're continuing that. It seems when Ben Solo first encountered Snoke, there was this more than just the force there was something special and ray we're kind of getting that also that yeah, there's yeah. something a bit more to her and she doesn't understand her place in the universe and when we we see this little bit where it seems to be the way they cut and i don't know if this is actually in the same scene or not but it seems like maybe ray and kylo ren need to join forces and so maybe there's something bigger than this conflict with the first order going on in yeah. the galaxy that they have to unite together to do something that will really save the galaxy and it's not going to be that much about the first order and the resistance Uh, in the end there's something Mm -hmm. bigger and deeper going on that we're going to learn about which apparently the roster uh, that's what it sounds like he says scares even luke Hmm. so i'm intrigued now last year when that news group came out and accidentally showed uh, ray's last name was being kenobi has that been proven false or rumors or what that's a big time rumor. There's a lot of people who want her to be the somehow related to Obi Wan, like maybe while he was on Tatooine, despite living completely alone as a hermit, he somehow had a child. Yeah, I know. Who knows? <laughs> it's, who knows? It's stupid. You get lonely on a Friday night. Sure. Well, I don't know. The timeline just doesn't match up with that for me because you know Kenobi was dead when Luke was a kid, yeah, or like a teenager, a teenager approximately. Yeah. And That's but true. I don't know. I mean, 
That is a yeah, very good point. It could be a granddaughter. It could be, yeah, it could yeah, be a granddaughter. Yeah, that's the idea. Is he's like, she's like a granddaughter or somewhere, somewhere within the line. But Ben Kenobi, while being living as a hermit, let's take that word, hermit. Mm. They even said <laughs> hermit. Well, maybe, that means he doesn't come across anybody. Maybe, Nobody knows anything about him. He has hidden himself away. If he does anything to reveal himself, he could get into a lot of trouble and bring the Empire down on Tatooine. Well, maybe and he, they might find Luke. Maybe he wasn't a hermit at first, but then he met the woman that made him become a hermit. We all know that a lady that would do that to somebody, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Uh, but uh, he became a hermit to help hide. Like Yoda was hiding. He was hiding. So mm-hmm. now what my thought would be for Kylo Ren and Rey is because sometimes they do try to pull some things from the expanded universe books that are no longer canon is Han and Leia had twins, a son and a daughter. The yeah. son went to the dark side. The daughter went to the light side. I am still pretty convinced that Rey is Kylo's twin sister. Kylo probably knows this. Yeah. He's not said anything, but that's why he wants her on his side because he knows who she is. But I suspect using the Force, you can manipulate her memories so she doesn't really remember anything. And maybe she's had some training, but she was abandoned and hoping that her brother and Snoke would not find her and to where she was also corrupted into the dark side. Yeah, and well, that to me is why perhaps she so quickly caught on to her force abilities because she had some training that she had just forgotten, and something just reawakened it inside her. Well, I, I also have a theory that's not the same as that, but it's similar. It, it, it ties into the expanded universe as well. Whereas, uh, you know, I think that she could be the daughter of Luke and um, Mara Jade, and um, perhaps Luke isn't even aware that he has a child, and and um, Mara had to go and hide um her for whatever reason and um in the in the books you know mara is killed by uh her nephew which would be a solo and um i don't know because if you look if you look on the island at the end of the force awakens you can see a grave where luke is or what appears to be a grave yeah it was a big rumor there too but gary (laughs) Gary. is that a gravestone gary that's wrong because we all know mary jane is from spider-man (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, a lot of people also pronounce it Mara Jade, but Mara, since she was yeah. only in books, it's really hard to know how to pronounce it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and if they did bring her in, that would be totally awesome. Except yeah. for she's already dead, if that's the case. Exactly. <laughs> so, flashbacks is the best we get. Yeah. Yeah. So that would actually be really cool to find out because that would because the look that Luke gives her at the end of the Force Awakens, like, oh no, it's you. Yeah. Could be yeah. that he knows about Ray in some fashion. No, I think that look was like, oh, I just got 20 million bucks for being in a five-second cameo. <laughs> Plus, like, I keep going back to that. I keep going back to the, the teaser trailer for the first movie where Luke says, the Force is strong in my family. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I yeah. have it, my sister has it, my father had it, and now you have it, which was not in the movie at all, but that makes it sound like he's speaking to a kin. Mm, that, and that's interesting. Yep. That would be very cool. And that's what I assume I too. I assume that same thing when I first watched The Force Awakens. Yeah. But that could also just mean, well, you know, hey, it runs strong in my family, but now you have that power. But of course, that line was just lifted from Return of the Jedi to kind of, so it kind of brought that nostalgic feeling back to us old fans. Yeah. And, you know, all of us our age. Uh, but it does, and then, of course, he was saying that to Leia, but it doesn't necessarily mean just because, well, you have that power too, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm relating it to the fact that you're family. Mm-hmm. But of course, 
if she is the twin sister of Ben Solo, then yes, she is Luke's family. And yes, he could say, you have that power because you're part of the, my family. I am your uncle, you know? Mm-hmm. So that still works. So it's still yeah. possible. They're, oh. they're twisting this, this very well, uh, just to keep us all guessing. <laughs> exactly. But that's what we do. And you know there are already websites up that have taken every frame of this trailer <laughs> and dissected and posted every, you know, screenshot after screenshot of everything. And look at this thing way in the top corner. Here's this little thing. This is clearly this then. So we're <laughs> right. going to theorize this thing to death before the film comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, at some point we just have to sit back and just relax and enjoy the show right oh heck yes and december 15th i plan on being there to do just that yeah it's Which... really funny because last night uh the internet started slowing down we weren't watching football but the internet started slowing down and <laughs> my wife was like i'll bet the tickets are available and sure enough they were mm-hmm. yeah tickets went on sale on monday so i haven't gotten my tickets yet i need to coordinate my plans with some of my friends to see when we're gonna go uh but we're definitely got to go that night i just don't know what theater and what show time and but it's got to happen. So there it was, <laughs> Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Which, okay, so quick round round table. Who is your guess? Who is The Last Jedi? Oh, man. I, w- I mean, I kind of just assumed I was talking about Luke when it first was announced, but I don't know. Yeah. I kind of I kind of mirrored that until I saw the trailer, and then I see that Ray seems to have these really strong powers with the Force, so it seems to sort of be pointing in her direction. Or maybe Yoda had little kids, and there's like little Yoda kids running around. <laughs> that uh, would he be was living in isolation <laughs> on Dagobah. <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe Hermit. we've all Hermit. seen we've all seen Jurassic Park, right? They were able to reproduce <laughs> without a mate. So just saying, it's true. Hey, cloning true. was made illegal after the Clone Wars. Now. <laughs> Of course, that may not be canon anymore, but it's still supposed to have been illegal. So, <laughs> but I'm I'm kind of thinking that Luke is like the last. He is the last Jedi. So when you meet him, he is that the last of the Jedi. Yeah. And he does say, "Well, it's time for the Jedi to end." So it's possible that Rey and Kylo Ren are the beginning of something new. And a lot of people have thought, you know, maybe we're getting into that gray Jedi-ish area where you have to be somewhere in the middle. So we'll see. We don't know. But, I, uh, I take back my answer. I think the last Jedi is the poor. <laughs> hope so I hope it is that would be awesome <laughs> there actually have been posters where people have taken have you seen the new poster by the way yeah no well, well, <laughs> oh, well of course Tim has it but there's a new poster and has Luke kind of uh, as the larger head image and people have put the Porg's head in place of Luke's yes. and, uh, with the Jedi robe on <laughs> jeez <laughs> and I've even seen where they changed the title to say the last Porg <laughs> <laughs> so. wow Yep, all right, but I think it's time for us to turn the corner and get into some main content. Keep a pixie in your pocket. The Neverland Podcast. Neverlandpodcast.com. Okay, so now that we've uh, brought the force about amongst us, it's time to get back to our Halloween party. So. I, of course, have brought in, as you have now met, Tim and Gary from Saturday Morning Rewind, which if you haven't been listening to their show, you should check it out because it's fun. Uh, But we've brought them in here to share some of their own favorite Halloween party songs. Of course, 20 Seconds at a Time, which is supposed to get us in trouble, although YouTube still blocked my uh, 
new video version of the episode with tubular bells last week yeah. so if you were hoping to be able to listen in on youtube i'm sorry it's not my fault <laughs> legally on radio you can play a 20 to 30 second clip and be fine but youtube doesn't like to play by those rules but that's why we only get to hear 20 to 30 seconds and i did forget to bring in uh, some links for you could purchase the songs last week on itunes i'll try to fix that and i'll try to remember to do it with what tim and gary are going to play us this week so let's get into some of these lists. I don't know which one of you wanted to go first because remember, if you go first, that means you don't get to have the last word for your number one pick. So I'll leave it up to you because I'm not the one holding the files this time. Gary, <laughs> I had you listed first under my uh, soundboard. Okay. Well, I think I think that Tim has the better last pick anyway. So I'm going <laughs> to uh, I'll go first. Alrighty. Um, and first up on my list is a little song called Obsession. Uh, from a group called the Elm Street Group from the year 1987. And Take bef- it away, Tim. Before I play it, I, I forgot all about this whole thing. It's it's insane. <laughs> wow. It really is. <laughs> all right, here we go. So that is from an album called Freddy's Greatest Hits. Uh, As I said, (laughs) as I said, the year was 1987, the same year as Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors, which is, you know, pretty much the height (laughs) of Freddy Craze. Yeah. And uh, they put out this album of nine songs, all of them featuring Robert England as Freddy Krueger, sung by (laughs) Stephanie Davey. And it's just like this really eccentric little time capsule from the 80s that I'd recommend anyone check out. You know, this does remind me, actually, uh, when we were doing a promo for UCM's The Beat uh, at my university, we were having this Get the Red Out kind of big festival thing to launch our first home game for the football team. And we were just randomly playing people's songs that we'd uploaded into our system for the radio station. And at one point, the song Dream Warriors actually came Ah. on. (laughs) And that's a great song, too. It really is. (laughs) Yeah. Who did that song? Do you know? Uh, I forget. I was. It's it's sad because I was actually considering it for my list, but I can't remember who it was. Yeah, because that that's something I should go and download and put in my Halloween collection. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because um, I think that might be the only Nightmare on Elm Street that I've seen at least most of it. Right. I'm not it's, really into that kind of movie, but that one was kind of cool, you know. <laughs> it's definitely the last of the uh, good ones until New Nightmare came out. Right. Right. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I, I love I love horror movies. I love slasher. I'll talk a little more about that when I pick my picks. But I love them all, and I've seen all the nightmares at least ten times each. But they just go straight downhill right after that. Yeah, yeah I, I and agree. We, we know you love some child's play and some Chucky because we heard I that do. on your show a couple weeks I ago. So. <laughs> I just interviewed the voice of Chucky, and it's incredible. I love it. Yeah, and didn't even once ask him about Lord of the Rings. I'm disappointed. No, I was it. trying to keep it, trying to keep it all child's play and the voiceover <sighs> stuff, and yeah. But he got really kind of he got really he got really deep the last question when he's talking about never doing another bad guy ever again besides Chucky. And I can understand that because oh, you play yeah. it so often, then you, after oh, yeah. a while you'd be like, you know what? I, I I keep having to go to a dark place to play these characters. Yeah. I want to play somebody nice for once. But you look at his resume, and I'd say ninety nine percent is all horrible bad guys. Yeah, and he's so good at it. But uh-huh. I, I can understand the, the the places you have to go <laughs> yeah, to to, to bring out those characters. Yeah, so go check out the website SaturdayMorningRewind dot com. There you go. Yep. And Tim is a heck of a good plugger, so he's going to say that several times, you know. Oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> so, Tim, what's your number five? Okay, number five. I'm taking us all the way back. I forget what year it was. I want to say 
88, 89-ish, something like that. But it's along the same kind of vein that Gary's pick was. I'll play it real quick, then I'll talk a little bit about it. I love how they actually sampled the Nightmare on Elm Street theme at the end there. Yes. Which they got in trouble for. They actually got in legal trouble for that song because people really? thought it was official, you know, release of, of New Line Cinema and it wasn't. So they got they got sued and all they had to do I think was put a sticker on the album and say not officiated with, you know, New Line and, and Nightmare series. Wow. <laughs> I've I've heard that they actually tried to go to you know uh, New Line and I yeah. think New Line was the yeah. one who was in charge. Yeah, and uh, New Line rejected them. Yeah, but they thought for sure that they would be able to get the song. I, mean, I so thought it would too. I th- because I think it was the uh, fourth one they wanted to be part of, and that's when it got really cheesy. So that sh- that song would might be the best part of number four if they put it in there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I think it would have been huge for it. I, but that's along the same time where you know, of course, that was. Uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, Will Smith. Oh, yes. And I guess that might be around the time that they really exploded. At, oh, at, yeah. So maybe they weren't popular enough to put them on there, but I would have personally done it if I was a producer of the new line, you know, not my Apple yeah. series. You had to have seen the potential of, because uh, I mean, they were new at the time, and I, you had to see the potential of the quality of the song. And even though I'm not even a fan of rap music, but I yeah. know parents just don't understand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, See, what I, was the one that had the I Dream of Genie sampled into it? Oh, I don't remember that oh. one. Uh, Girls of the World Ain't Nothing But Trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gary. <laughs> he knows every bad I, song there is. I do. I'm, I'm a, a huge Jazzy Jeff fan. I, he's uh, great, Fresh, yeah. Fresh yeah, Prince, yeah. I can take or leave him, but no. <laughs> uh, and then they had the big hit in 91 with Summertime. I think it was 91. I remember that. And yeah, that was yeah. probably the height of their craze right before the show took yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a rap fan whatsoever, but they were my introduction into rap, followed by MC Hammer. And so those yeah. are the two groups I would listen to that had rap in it that I still can, you know, somewhat enjoy now. Yeah, because Fresh Prince, the, the, those those songs that released as singles anyway had a sense of humor that was yeah, they exactly. were funny. Yeah, so and the videos. I, I don't are know cool. what the other songs were like, but those were funny, and that's why I enjoyed them. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go on to our number fours. Well, at least your turn, number fours. No one gets to hear my list until next week. Ha ha. Ha ha. Keep them Gary. in suspense. Keep them in suspense. <laughs> yes, an old radio show. So yeah. Anyway. <laughs> My next pick is a little weird. It's a little out of left field. Uh, it is a cover of Time Warp. And uh, <laughs> play the clip. We'll see if you can figure out who does it. Oh, boy. Wow. So... <laughs> <laughs> so the year was 1998 and uh, they, the Al- Alvin and the Chipmunks uh, Ross Bagdasarian Jr. and Janice Carmine decided to do a song full of alien or an album full of alien songs called 90sly enough the A-Files and uh, <laughs> this was one of the bigger songs from that and I just oh, think it's man. a fun take on the classic song from Rocky Horror Picture Show and it's performed by the Chipmunks and the Chipettes oh wow of course, we did learn that better than the time warp is do the Necronomicon for anyone who was listening last week. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> right. I, 
that movie is just so non-kid friendly. It's hilarious. Yes. I, <laughs> <laughs> I watched the movie once. That was enough for me. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty. I epic. think the only reason people enjoy that movie is because they make fun of it when they watch it. That's what I made don't think it big. You can enjoy it just straight watching. No, that's what really made it big is when they started doing those live, you know, like midnight release, you know, showings where people would get to dress in costume and reenact scenes. That's when it really got huge. So I think you're kind of right in a way. And yeah. some of their uh, their mimicry of the movie is actually filthier than the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I think I think that the Rocky Horror Picture Show is the longest running film to Evergrace Theaters because I don't think yeah. it's ever left officially. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it's probably uh, always playing somewhere. Yeah. I know I know downtown uh, in Raleigh where I live, they they play it every Friday night and have wow. the sing-along or whatever it is that people do. I've never been, but it's pretty wild. My goodness. I think they quit doing it in Kansas City a while back, but there might have been some people reviving it every once in a while. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I often think about the same time, like late mid to late '90s, whenever uh, the Drew Carey show did like a shot by shot remake oh, of this yeah. particular number. I remember that. Yeah. I don't know if I remember that or not. Wow. <laughs> well, that song will always last, no matter who does it. It's going to be one of the things. I, I should actually have a copy of that song put on my my <laughs> list, my my collection. Of course, now I think I got to get the Chipmunk version because I'm curious what other songs they have on that album. Yeah. <laughs> There's some weird ones. I'll, I'll guarantee you that. Yeah, because I used to actually when I was a kid, we had a knockoff children uh, chipmunks album that it was chipmunks sing Michael Jackson, I remember and they that. had basically yeah. all these Michael Jackson songs that, and it was it's real easy to mimic a chipmunk voice, you know, with the uh, little speed up that you can do. Yep. But uh, the cover you could clear you could clearly see this was not Alvin and the Chipmunks; it was just chipmunks. <laughs> and so it had you know this one chipmunk was on the front and was wearing the red jacket you know from Thriller stuff like huh. that, or, or the Beta jacket which I think is the same jacket in Thriller but either way no I guess it is a different so I guess it was the Thriller jacket but yeah so you had all these different chipmunks dressed in Michael Jackson fashions and uh, yeah we had it on vinyl I kind of wish we still had it because they actually did a few songs outside of Michael Jackson because they even did Rock and Robin I don't know if the Jackson 5 ever recorded Rock and Robin but hmm. that's the first time I'd actually ever heard the song was on this this record so yeah cheap knockoff of the chipmunks but it was fun I liked it <laughs> <laughs> okay well we've chased that rabbit Tim what's your number huh. four <laughs> well it's a good little segue here my number four is a little song by Michael Jackson <laughs> you, you try to scream So yeah, you said it. The song is Thriller, a great epic music video. If you haven't seen it, I believe it runs a little over 14 minutes long. Yeah, it's mm. a, it's a short film, really. It really is, and it's actually directed by John Landis, who has directed many, many great things. One amongst is uh, American Werewolf in London. And mm-hmm. Of course, he also directed Animal House, uh, Trading Places, uh, Three Amigos, actually, Coming to America, um, Beverly Hills Cop 3, so many good things, and he directed that little 14-minute music video well we, we probably shouldn't mention Beverly Hills Cop 3 because that one was kind of the uh, serious killer that's exactly <laughs> that's when it went downhill too it got way too cheesy and bad yeah <laughs> but yeah so Thriller came out in 1984 and was the sixth studio album for Michael Jackson 
Mm. Wow. And I remember I saw the the short film before I heard the the regular album. We bought yeah. the album later, but yeah. that short film because I was okay. I guess I was seven. That thing terrified the heck out oh, of yeah. me. Yeah, it's so good. Like I this, mean. The, the song is great, but like when we bought the vinyl album of it, I would never really play that song because at the beginning when you had the footsteps and the creaking <laughs> yeah, door, yeah. scared the crap out of me. I, could, I just couldn't deal with it. And then Vincent Price, after he's done with oh, his oh, rap, yes. uh, he laughs horror scarily. Oh. And, you know, that I, I couldn't deal with it at seven years old. <laughs> I love I, I have loved Vincent Price since I was like five years old. Maybe that's why I just love horror movies, because I just love his voice. I love his movies. And yeah, so when I heard him in that song, I, it's epic. <laughs> yeah, see, now to me it's epic, but when I was seven years old, I was not into scary things. <laughs> I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, and that's why you're weird. But that's it okay. is. <laughs> it is. Explains everything. <laughs> no, I used to, I used to, you know how, I'll keep it kid friendly, but you know how some people used to watch scrambled, you know, images of a, you know, thing to, you know, watch, they, they, they're, not, they're not allowed to watch. I used to do the same thing to horror movies. I used to watch Scrambled. Find a way to watch it scrambled? Yeah, because we used to kind of get um, Stars as a kid or HBO, one of the main movie channels. And it was a little mm-hmm. bit scrambled, but I could still see maybe 40% of it. I could hear 100% of it. That's how I used to watch horror movies as a kid. Hmm. <laughs> so the, the over-the-top violence or whatever didn't bother you because you weren't seeing it so much. Well, no, I was seeing a good <laughs> amount, but yeah, I, was, I, I enjoyed it as a kid. But then we finally got HBO maybe when I was around 10-ish. And so then I'd go out there and turn on the VCR at nighttime and, and, and record all, like, Friday the 13th movies and that kind of stuff and then watch it when my parents are gone. <laughs> and HBO played them all the time. All the time. All the time. <laughs> yep. Back, you, you, overnight horror movies before, before it became overnight uh, skin flicks. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes they're not so different. <laughs> no. <laughs> Especially with Friday the 13th Part 5. I was watching the making yeah. of... And uh, they actually hired a uh, adult um, director for that one. <laughs> wow! And you can definitely see it when you watch it. Huh. Well, okay, I won't be watching it, and uh, the Neverland <laughs> Podcast cannot officially endorse any of these films. No, nope. uh, <laughs> just just to get that clarified. Just because we talk about it doesn't mean we recommend it. Neverland version. As I say many times, just because I've really enjoyed playing Resident Evil Seven yeah. doesn't mean that the official <laughs> Neverland Podcast word on that is go play it. <laughs> but really, go play it. I'm telling you to go play it. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. No, we're telling you not to play it, but you can yeah. enjoy the fact that we enjoy it. That's right. the uh, that's the Saturday morning rewind recommendation. You can find yeah. us at SaturdayMorningRewind.com. Seriously. Uh, no. I mean, we had Chucky on as a guest. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, with Neverland, I, I realize that people bring their children along because you never grow up. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. we just kind of have to – we walk that nice fine line where I can talk to the adults and say, well, I enjoyed playing this game, but I don't give it the official Neverland endorsement. Yeah. Just a <laughs> Jeremy endorsement, but not Spider-Pan endorsement. You know what I mean? I know right. what you mean. <laughs> because Resident Evil 7 is awesome. But <laughs> – <laughs> And that's what's weird about me is I'm not really a fan of like a lot of these modern horror movies. I love the classic ones. Yeah, Some of the black and white ones are great. Uh, but yet I love uh, these horror video games. And maybe it's the fact that I, I feel like I have control in the game. Speaking so I can of, fight back. Speaking of, the Friday the 13th new game that's out is incredible. Incredible. I cannot say enough kind things about it. I am in love with it. And I give it a 5 out of 5. It's great. But we do not give that to never. No, don't play it though. No, seriously, don't play it. I don't recommend playing it whatsoever. But just know that I love it. 
<laughs> See, that's the thing is, I because th- I'm not a fan of the thing, but I've I've seen a lot of video of it on YouTube, uh-huh. and I think I might have fun because of the hide oh, yeah. and seek aspect. It's, oh, exactly. And trying to get away. Yeah, I don't like playing. Just, I don't, like, I don't playing... like playing things online though because yeah. a lot of people are jerks. If I was playing with my friends only, I think I could handle See, that. See, I thought the same thing. I just I just turn everybody off. I don't hear everybody talk. And so far, I've played maybe like fifty matches. I have had no problems whatsoever. Because I've seen some video where there actually are people that they'll group up and bring yeah. strangers in, and they'll have Jason on on their side, yeah, and then yeah, all the yeah. other people will try to set everybody else up to, for Jason to kill him. Yeah. And so they'll block you from being able to escape and I've play in the that. game normally. I've heard that too, but I think they did some kind of new patch where they made it so if you do that, they can kick you out or something like that. Because I've never oh, I've never seen it. The part also about that game that also disturbs me is that somebody ends up playing as Jason because that's yeah, horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the cool thing when is, you think about it. The cool thing is, if you don't want to be Jason, you can have it to where you prefer to be one of the counselors, and so really, you have a good like seventy percent chance of being a counselor and thirty percent chance of being Jason. Yeah. Well, I'd still rather have the computer get in control of Jason because what kind of sick person is going to have fun playing as Jason? I, oh, it's hilarious. Okay, so I was playing one time, and when when, when <laughs> Jason answered the question, when when no, I wasn't Jason. I was I was a counselor, and when somebody is Jason, you can hear them talk over their microphone if they're nearby you. And he was tearing down the front door with an axe, and all of a sudden, I hear it like a it sounded like a five year old voice saying, "I'm coming to kill you." <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> And he did. I really have he room killed... to talk. If anybody remembers me talking about uh, my discovery in Lego Harry Potter, how I could go into Hogwarts with a dark wizard and kill everybody, and they would stay dead. And I was having fun going around killing all the students. <laughs> See? So you're perfect as Jason, then. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I ever get a copy of it, I don't know. I have a PS4. I think I can yeah. get it on PS4. Yep, if I ever get can. it there, I don't know what you're playing on, though. I got Xbox One. Oh, so you're on the wrong system. I can't play with you, then. <laughs> But if anybody's listening who wants to play with me, my gamer tag is Pondering Pinky. Two words. <laughs> I can still friend you on my old 360, but I still can't yep, play with you. Exactly. So, well, okay, we should probably move on to our number three picks. <laughs> so, yeah, Gary, what's your number three? All right, so Tim was talking about epic music videos earlier. Let's talk about a not quite so epic music video. <laughs> Uh, that still features some of the cast from the movie, and I am talking about Adam's Groove by MC Hammer. Oh, wait, sorry. That was the wrong one, right? That's not it. <laughs> All right, let's see if it's this one. Hold on. Here we go. Yes. I yeah. forgot about that song. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so sort of the less popular version of, uh, or I guess the slightly more forgotten version of uh, Tim's earlier pick with uh, Nightmare on My yeah. Street. Yeah. This is from the Adams Family movie and uh, was on the soundtrack. No, it wasn't on the soundtrack. It only came out as a single in 1991. And um, the video is pretty wild because it's MC, it's, uh, it's MC Hammer and his backup crew dancing in various locations around the Adams Mansion and it features several members from the cast including Raul Julia Angelica Houston, Christina Ricci and uh, more and I-, I want you guys to know that this song is an award winning song what? cool Yeah. No. it won the Golden Raspberry for the worst song <laughs> at the 12th annual Golden <laughs> Raspberry Awards what year did you say this was? say what? what year did you say this was? 
1991. 91. Okay, yeah, so MC Hammer was still at his peak. Yep. Yeah, he was. This was, was I believe, his last peak. top 10 hit. Wow. Yeah, it was about the time that he dropped the MC and was just known as Hammer. Hammer, yeah, that was right. around, I think that was around 93, maybe. Yeah, something so. like that. It was because the last album I remember him putting out that was big was Too Legit to Quit and then he just vanished or something. And I loved that album, by the way. Loved it. <laughs> My mom That's actually good. bought that album. <laughs> <laughs> My parents bought it for me because I asked for it. I, I, I was obsessed with it. <laughs> the, the fact that, that mothers were buying that album might say something about why MC Hammer <laughs> didn't last in the uh, hip hop scene but but I did like that his lyrics were completely clean yeah, exactly. and you could listen to I it mean, he's, got, he's got the song Pray you know you gotta pray mm-hmm. to, just to yeah. make it today so Although I still I think, love the hammer I think whenever he dropped the MC uh prefix I think he actually did put out like a, a yeah he tried to go darker he tried to go a more hardcore rap yeah. album I don't know but, if it had language in it or not but it was definitely heavier yeah, yeah, and then shortly thereafter, he actually became a preacher. Yeah, because I, I was that. I was turning through the TV or flipping through the channels one night and saw a preacher on a like uh, one of the uh, religious networks, and I was like, "That looks like MC Hammer," <laughs> and sure enough, it was. <laughs> and now he's selling like the ad- adhesive stuff for the wall. <laughs> yeah, I love those commercials. I do too. I do yep. too. <laughs> yep. I am so the dad in those commercials when the kids are like, well, "Who is this?" I'm like, "That's MC Hammer." <laughs> <laughs> I would be that dad too, except for I have no children. So, oh, sad. Right? I understand. <laughs> so, with that note, I think we better move on to your number three. Okay, my number three actually just changed thirty minutes, oh, maybe forty-five minutes ago, right before we started recording. So, I don't have much information on it. I just know that the song came out when I was in college in '98, and I loved it, and it's very fitting. For the uh, Halloween time, especially of like a horror genre, and actually it was used for the beginning song of um, the Bride of Chucky. So here is that song. <laughs> who is this irresistible creature who has an insatiable love for the dead? So that would be "Living Dead Girl" by Rob Zombie. It's about time Rob Zombie showed up on this list. <laughs> How <laughs> can you have a Halloween music know, without something by Rob Zombie? I have to say, I hate his movies. I don't think he's... I mean, he's a good director, but it's not for me. But I was obsessed with his music when I was, you know, a late teenager, early early 20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dracula was almost on my yeah, list. Yeah, that's another good one, yeah. Yeah, I thought about putting it on my list as well. Because that, that's still probably the best song. Plus, the Dragula being the Munsters car, I love the fact uh, that he did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. No, he's very talented. Even his movies, but they're just not for me. But, you know, I can appreciate his music at least. Yep. Yeah, he's uh, very excessive on gore and stuff yeah. like that. And that's kind of why I get away from a lot of modern horror movies. Yeah. I'm not into gory movies. I want story. Exactly. Make your story and that's story why. Me. That's why I enjoy the cheesy slasher movies from the 80s. But, yeah, I'm right. I'm with you. I have not enjoyed a good horror movie maybe since, like, The Scream since mid 90s well, yeah I did watch that one because it was making fun of the it. genre I that, love that was funny yeah I love Scream yeah uh, the only other ones I think of recent that I did enjoy and I was actually just having this conversation with one of my writers uh, my Uber writers today but uh, I did see I think the second half of The Lady in Black oh yeah that's a good uh, one actually I enjoyed that one I want to see all of it, but seeing the ending, and Heather didn't like the ending, but a yeah, good yeah, ghost yeah. story like that, the ending doesn't have to be happy. Yeah, and as a, as a uh, parent, I I can see the way that, you know, why they went with that ending, you know? I, yeah. I thought it was very fitting. 
Yeah, I don't want to say what's the ending, but it is it is a nice uh, reunion at the end. Yeah, no, I enjoy that movie. I forgot about it. It's more oh. of a thriller, I think, than a horror movie. Yeah, but it's a scary ghost story, and that's the type of movies I yeah, like. I exactly. like good scary yeah. ghost stories that are not overly gory. I mean, if you like, the, I've seen uh, well, I've I've seen it edited, but I know the original John Carpenter Halloween. There uh, is no blood or anything. Exactly. No, it's great. And he showed you you can make a good scary oh, yeah. type movie. You don't have to be excessive in blood. Blood does not make something nope. scary; it just makes it gross. Yeah. No, I agree. So Alfred Hitchcock did it best. Yeah. He could scare you, and he never he never really did anything gory. Exactly. I mean, Psycho, you never see that knife plunge into her body, but you think you do. Yep. You know, right. He just shows you enough to scare you, you know. It's good stuff. Anyways, so, uh, yeah, there's another rabbit I could chase for a while. (laughs) 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 Well, it's probably a sign we'll probably move on to our number two picks. So, Gary, hit us. Well, not really. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I'm going pretty old school with this one. Uh and this is uh, not typically a song that's associated with Halloween by a lot of people, I guess, but it's uh, Swan Lake by Tchaikovsky. What? So, I picked this one because it was the uh, opening credits of Dracula from 1931. Yes. Starring, yes. uh, Yeah, the one starring Bela Lugosi. And it's it's sort of a modified version of the swan theme from uh, Act 2 of Tchaikovsky's original piece. Uh, And it was later used in uh, the credits for The Mummy in 1932, and it's often used as a backing track for Phantom of the Opera. Oh, silent The silent version of that. Oh, well done, Gary. Big I know. Look at you. <laughs> you just won this episode. You went Whoa. from you went from MC Hammer to classical music. Good for you. <laughs> and I actually had a good reason. I I didn't think of that because yeah, I I actually just a couple weeks ago was watching the Bella Lugosi Dracula on uh, Turner Classic Movies, and I do love it. It's great, but I hadn't thought of it. That's right. It was the opening credits. Oh, yeah, and and uh, I was watching uh, Bride of Frankenstein the other night, and I was like. It has a piece that's very similar to uh, the Dracula theme, and I was like, huh, that would be a perfect pick for this podcast. Yes, it would. My goodness, because I would have, you know, I automatically would have thought something like Bald Mountain. Yeah, or, right. Uh, yeah, I know. That was my. Or what is it? Is it Toccata? That's the. You know. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I, 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 somebody will correct me. I probably got the name of it wrong. I think it's the Toccata and Fugue, but it's probably wrong. So I'm not good at classical music. <laughs> well, there's so much, it's hard to know it all. I, yeah. I, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. But I there's some to get, great classicals that can be scary, played right. Yeah, I tried to get really smart about it whenever I was younger, and I only got like maybe 2% of the way into it before I got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, that is digging deep. It's basically surprising because you can say it from Swan Lake, and I was like, what? Yeah, you, you know that horror movie, Swan Lake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then suddenly it's like, oh, Dracula. Oh, hey. So, wow, okay, I'm impressed. I did. That's a direction I did not really think of, but that is very cool. So, <laughs> Well, thank you. All right, Tim, you got a big one to live up to okay. now. For yeah, mine's, mine's pretty predictable, if you know me, especially since I did, was, you know, spent five minutes talking about the video game. But I picked a little musical score from Friday the 13th. Hmm. Oh, 
it's got a lot of classical sounds to it as well. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. You know, the funny thing is, is that uh, I, when I was collecting some more Halloween music for this year, I found a couple of CDs at the library, and I was making some copies because that's what I do sometimes. Uh, but uh, I found like two different CDs had music they claimed to be from Friday the Thirteenth, and one was what you just played. The other, actually, did you play the NES game of Friday the Thirteenth? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, you remember that piano music? Yep. Nowhere in the movie actually, whatsoever. Nowhere in the film, but actually, that's what the other Friday the Thirteenth theme was. It was that somebody actually playing that on piano, yeah. which I actually got a kick out of because yeah. I had the NES game. Yeah, no, so. it's, it's it's a bad game, but it's fun to talk about. No, it's it's a time waster at least. It is a time waster. And there's enough love of it that in the newer Friday the Thirteenth game, you actually have a costume modification yep. where you can make yep. Jason look like the old yep. NES. So. And when he walks around, he, okay, so that game. Oh, here I go talking about the game again, but. When, when Jason gets nearby, that song kind of kicks in, you know, the classic classical Friday song. But if yeah. you if you choose the skin of the NES Jason, it's like an NES sound, and it's it's amazing. First time I played, it's like, what is that? And then you see like a purple looking Jason coming after you. It's hilarious. <laughs> then it start going do 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 or something like that or what? I don't remember. I've only played. Somebody was playing with it one time because it's kind of a stupid thing to do because really you can see Jason a lot better if he's purple. So <laughs> I don't I don't get to play as him. But the cool thing, okay, so back to the song. The cool thing is, you know, you know the classical part where you're cue, 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 ma, pa, pa. you know that part there. That one, yeah. Yep. People don't know what they're actually saying, but the the composer, he was watching the movie when the first one was done. And uh, Mrs. Voorhees, who is the killer in the first one, spoiler alert, there's a scene where they zoom up on her lips, and she's pretending to be Jason talking to her, so she's saying, kill him, mama. And so he saw that, and and he took the kill, the K, from that, and the ma, and he did k k ma ma and put it into, like, this echo machine thing, and it created that whole sound that we hear. Huh, see, I always thought it was going, kill, 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 ha, ha, ha. No, no, no. Huh. A weird fact you never thought you'd hear listening to the Neverland podcast. There you go. <laughs> but no, I'm I'm in love with the Friday the 13th movies. Um as a whole, as a as a horror franchise, it's my favorite franchise because I think even though a lot of the uh, sequels are stupid, they're a lot more enjoyable than the Freddy sequels and the Halloween mm-hmm. sequels as a whole. So, mm-hmm. I love those movies. Yeah, I just like the jokes they make about him in Monster Squad. It's like, if they went and dissected all his pieces and sent them all to foreign countries, he'd still come back. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, they already did that in Part 7. That's, <laughs> that is Jason to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why can they not kill the, you know, they do some major thing to kill him, but he always comes back no matter what you do. Well, it's that's, because that's where it would lose me, I it's think. It's because the uh, writers of every single one beyond number four, they wrote it as the last one. And so they made more money off of it, and the, uh, uh, I guess it was Paramount at the time, was like, hey, we're making money. Go write another script. <laughs> and so they'd hire another writer to kind of fix how the last one ended so, to make it as if he just comes back. So every writer has tried to kill Jason off 100% permanently, but it's never going to happen because they make money. Yeah, especially yeah. since he was supposed to have died as a child anyway. Yeah. Well, the, the writer of the first one he thought it was so stupid to have Jason even in the second one because he's like, my Jason is dead. That was a dream. Yeah. The writers actually come out and said that. That was a dream. He is not alive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, uh, and then, you know, I remember hearing rumors when I was a kid that they were going, They were their goal was to make 13 of them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. And they're one short right now. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and actually it just got it just got canned. So I'm hoping it just got canned because they want a better script. That's what I'm hoping. Oh my. <laughs> well, maybe the game is your 13th one, although yeah. I guess it's going back and uh, you can play different years in yep. this new game. So. Yep. Yeah, never thought I'd be discussing this game on my Disney show. We haven't mentioned <laughs> Disney once. I'm sorry, we're killing, killing my core audience. But hey, I warn everybody in this show that I sometimes break away. And last week I did tell everybody, all y'all listening, that you know during this month that's we the rules kind of go out the window a little bit. So I that's promise right. some Disney content is coming next week, though. No. Yes, <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> We will we will be mailing Jason's parts to various countries. It will take him at least a year before he gets himself okay. put back together. Okay. <laughs> he keeps going back like a Terminator 2000 <laughs> or a T-1000. Either way. <laughs> well, now that we've gone to weird, other weird places, let's get back to the time. Is it time for our number one picks? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I, and as I said last week, I feel like I should have prepared a fanfare there for this. So let's go. Da, 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 da. Ha, ha, ha. Mama, mama, mama. Okay. Or kill, kill, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I already got it wrong. All right, Gary, what's your number one? <laughs> well, uh, sticking with movies that aren't necessarily appropriate for your podcast, uh, <laughs> I, I picked the theme from The Lost Boys. And, okay, before I play this, um, thank you, Gary, because I forgot all about the song, and I am in love with it again. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. Here we go. So that right. song, I'm, go ahead. I was about to say, I have to confess something. I have never seen that movie. Wow. Mm. I've heard the song, though. I recognized yeah, it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, this is, well, it's it's a very widely covered song, I believe. Like, a lot of bands have done it at, at one point or another. Um, but, yeah, it's by Gerard McCann. And I believe he was the film composer for the score, but I could be wrong. Huh. Um, I know he did several songs for the soundtrack, though. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of fitting because I started this with a song from 1987 and I'm ending my list with a song from 1987. (laughs) Nice rounded package. (laughs) I did not plan to do that, but hey, it works out. (laughs) Yeah, and I know that movie is a really like a cult classic hit type of thing, but I don't know. I just never got around to seeing it. I don't know why I never saw it. I just haven't. Well, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I don't think it's too R-rated. Maybe just so, for yeah. some language and stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Well, heck, the think... 80s R is now like the modern-day PG-13. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of true. Because <laughs> now when they want an R rating, they have to go as far as they possibly can, and unnecessarily so. Like, oh, Blade Runner 2049, that had a lot of unnecessary things to push it R. I'm not going to get into what they did, but it was enough to where Heather was furious coming huh. out of that movie. She's like, why did they even have to do this repeatedly? And yeah. Mm. <laughs> this is a movie I can't talk about on the podcast, even though I would have. I normally review things, but yeah, yeah I was like, that was an R film, and so I can't discuss it. Huh. <laughs> Wait Let's for the TV say edits. Yeah, you know what? It's it's a near three hour movie. If you edited the stuff that's unnecessary and cut it for time, because the story is good, but you could make a two hour movie out of it real easy. Yeah, and true. it would be a good movie because I mean the story is good, but. It's really elongated, stretched out, and there's a lot of unnecessary things that that, that doesn't even make sense. It, it, there's things put into the movie just to make sure they got an R rating. Right. Really. 
That's the only re- excuse I think they have for the level that they go to of stuff that I'm not going to say. So <laughs> I chased another rabbit again. Maybe we should get back and see what Tim's number one is. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, and- let's stick with the theme and, and talk about another rated R movie then. <laughs> <laughs> and this is kind of the perfect Halloween song. Exactly. And like you talked about, it didn't have that much blood. Of course, it had violence and language and, and uh you know, some nudity in there, but yeah. uh, here like is another movie I just recently talked about that was excessive about. Uh, so here is my pick <laughs> for my favorite Halloween song, and it's kind of obvious. Here it is. So I think John Carpenter, which is the director of all the Halloween movie, the first, I think, one? Did he direct number two? I forget. Anyways, he is a genius because I am in love with John Carpenter. He actually composed the music you just heard as well, and he composed most of the music that you hear in his movies. Like, if you go back and listen to The Thing, that's him composing it. Um, Fog, I think even, yeah, Escape from New York, he composed all that music, and I think he is a genius behind the camera and behind the uh, keyboard and synthesizer. Uh, is is he going to be the one making this this remake that apparently has not been stopped for Big Trouble in Little China? I know, no, no, he's not involved in that. Yeah, without him doing it, you know, it's not going to be exactly, good. exactly. Yeah, no, even with the Rock in there, but Ugh. the Rock is not Kurt Russell. <laughs> no, 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 no. But Halloween for me, I've loved it since I was a kid. I, I mean, like I told you, I, I probably saw this when I was eight, maybe nine or something like that, and uh, that song. It's just perfect, and that's how it opens up the movie. Is that song there? It's and it's iconic when you think of Halloween. Yeah, and that is one thing I got to give some credit to that movie. Is you most of the movie at least at least an hour and a half, nothing happens. Yeah, yeah. It's that building, and you that that corner of the eye bit where you see just a little bit of like a glimpse. Like, was there somebody standing over yeah. there? Just that hint that something bad is going to happen, but nobody gets killed till that last half hour. And then it's like a rampage for the last half hour. And most people don't know this, but it was really a small, low budget, like independent film. They, yeah. hardly, I mean, they didn't even make money. It wasn't even a popper. The first two weeks it was in the theater until somebody wrote a review about it. And then it became huge. But uh, do you know the story about the uh, mask? Yes, William Shatner yeah, mask. <laughs> yeah, so they were so cheap, they just went to the store and grabbed a William Shatner mask and spray-painted it white and added the hair. And that's what you see on the screen. <laughs> well, I think that the hair actually was there, but they messed with the they hair. Messed, they messed, they changed it, they took away the sideburns, that kind of stuff. Yeah, they changed yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is still funny. And, of course, we cannot give it a full Neverland endorsement, but I have seen it, and <laughs> I was all with it when the edited version, except for after he got stabbed through the eye with a hanger and fell out of a window after being shot and still got up and walked away. Oh, yeah, man. He That's gets, when I was like, oh, come on. He gets blown up in the, at the end of the cycle. When he comes back, he's fine. <laughs> it's, it's just, I, I just, I can't get into the ones where, the, when there's no reason for them to have any supernatural power, but they somehow another come back to life after you've done horrible things to them. Yeah. A funny thing about I, that song is my, my friend, Sarah, um, I was living in Fargo, North Dakota at the time, and uh, I think I was about 21, 22. She was terrified of Halloween and the whole spookiness of, you know, the costumes and everything. And uh, for some reason, she was really spooked. And she's like, Tim, I'm going to put you on speakerphone while I take a shower. You know, I'm, I'm scared. So I was on speakerphone for maybe 30 seconds, and then I started playing that song. And she started screaming, and she turned the phone Aww. off. Of course, no, then. You're so mean. Well, actually, no. Before she turned the phone off, I started playing the psycho music. 
Oh, that's so mean. Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> Are you still friends with her at all? I am. I am. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there was one time. Okay, I'm going to share a little story. I was uh, trying to ask my wife a question. And I was holding my, my I, I had been combing my hair, so I was holding my comb kind of up, and I went and I opened the shower curtain to ask her a question and scared her half to death, because all she saw was the shape of a, somebody with something held over his head, and uh, it was terrible. I reduced her to tears. I felt awful. <laughs> <laughs> my poor wife, and she's still married to me, so, <laughs> but I was, I felt so bad. I was like, I wasn't trying to scare you, I'm sorry. Because I have pranked her in the shower. I'll turn the lights out on her sometimes, you know. Uh. Uh, and I used to have this little like strobe light kind of flash gun that you would cock it and turn it on, and it would you would hear the sound like an old flashball from an old camera because it had what it had. And then when you pulled the trigger, of course, it would poof like a flashbulb. Uh-huh. And so I would go through and I'd charge it up. I'd go into the bathroom. I'd you know to make sure it's completely dark. I'd turn the light out, and then I'd pop that flashbulb just to mess with her. <laughs> so nice. I'm awful, but I have never played the psycho music <laughs> on somebody who I knew was already scary. Oh, uh, but it's That's so great! Me. It's so great. <laughs> Uh, that's so mean. <laughs> uh, How old were you at the time? I was 21, 22, and she was probably 20. So that would be that, that weird, oh, well, I guess you're slightly almost past your hormonal teenage years, really. <laughs> uh, but I'd be thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm talking to a naked girl. <laughs> <laughs> that's where your brain would have been. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, where it normally would have been, but you're a little warped. I think we learned that today. <laughs> Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> because Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't get that joke, you need to be listening to the Mighty Marvel Tooncast. Right. Which is another show that Tim and I do because, hey, it's time to. Oh, wait. No, does Gary still have one last song? Or does that everybody? No, I guess we've got everybody. Yes, we do. That's it. Oh, my gosh. As hopefully everybody has stuck with us because this was as far as non Disney as we could possibly have gone this week. <laughs> So, which is fine because that's what I do on this show. Sometimes we do break away, but wow, my goodness, I think that we've taught more horror movies than I have in a long time. <laughs> so, uh, so this was definitely fun. So definitely check out Tim and Gary. You can find on Saturday Morning Rewind where they're going to talk all kinds of different cartoons. They're going to have some voice actors come in to talk about some old cartoons. They even started doing a video game rewind where it's Tim and occasionally you get to hear Gary, but uh, there's another fellow that comes in to talk some classic video games. It's a heck of a lot of fun. And of course, you can also hear Tim with me on Mighty Marvel Tooncast, which we are working on getting an episode of The Hulk, which we recorded a, a few weeks ago. And Tim, I don't think has gotten a chance to edit it yet. Nope, not yet. But it's coming. We're going to talk about the Hulk. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's definitely a lot of fun doing that show. You can definitely check them both out here and there. And I promise we won't talk about any more scary things other than, except for Wolverine and the Hulk. Because Wolverine, you know, he can be scary if you're on the wrong side of him. <laughs> this is true. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander. 
please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit patreon.com slash neverlandpodcast to donate to keeping the pixie dust alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Yay! Yay! <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I had, to, I had to do it. I had to do it. <laughs>